0: Hi, connectors. Welcome to another episode of Amps Connected Podcast. It's been a while since we have been here, connected together, but you already know we've been working, I've been working behind the scenes, connecting with people from all over the world. And guess what? I want you to connect with people specifically in Dubai, connect with people in Dubai with me, February 2023, the 9th or the 19th to be exact, and you will get to connect with people like today guest, Kai. Shout out black girl in Dubai on Instagram. Y'all, there's so much in store and I don't want you to miss out. So if you have not seen already, deposits are due July 15th. We cannot extend this anymore. So please pay your $500 either on, yes, a new, new, company has been made, Lux Immersive Travel. I did not say that before, but yes, I started a new company, Lux Immersive Travel, where I organize tours myself and my partner, Anita Joglicar, anywhere you can imagine. Literally call us up. It's lit. <laughs> so before you go, before I let you go,
1: before I let you
0: no. Um no copyright. That is not a song that I own. Shout out Frankie Beverly and Mays. Uh y'all get your tickets now. Lux travel dot com. You can see the whole itinerary. It's ten days February ninth through the nineteenth. Come have your Valentine's Day dinner at the Burj Khalifa with me and Lux Immersive Travel. Okay, y'all, that's enough talking. I'm going to let you enjoy a fabulous woman who is doing connecting work in the UAE. Shout out Kai with Black Girl in Dubai. Let's get connected. I would love to continue connecting with you connect other people to you because like you said there are so many people who want to be in this environment of opulence you know but like a lot of my friends are like I don't want to go by myself I want to go with you because you know the area and Mm -hmm. it's so far away but if we have people like black girl in Dubai Who's on the ground waiting. To well connect. not only is
2: that, but we have things happening before February. So for example, there is um Black Excellence Awards taking place. Uh, I think it's like November the 5th or something like that don't quote me on the date but uh, we had the first one last year I say we it wasn't mine but um, I know the founder and the community showed up and Mm. it was beautiful because there were so many people who didn't know each other Mm -hmm. maybe had seen each other on Instagram or heard of whoever or just didn't even know it existed and of course we all showed out so the dresses the suits the tuxes it was beautiful and then just being in a nice space celebrating each other Mm -hmm. you know I know obviously these kind of things happen maybe more frequently in the States in different capacities um, obviously you guys have proms and stuff mm-hmm. like that um, but it's not really done that as much in the UK there's one or two pockets of things but it just needs to happen more often to, to change that stigma that I think a lot of people think of black people. So the Black Excellence Awards was, was one thing. And then there was All Africa Festival happening in uh, the end of October also. So again, the oh. first one was last year. Mm-hmm. And there were artists from all around the world um, just showcasing the diaspora and the continent basically. So nice. Egyptians, Nigerians, you know, Ethiopians, Brits, Jamaicans. Uh, we all came under one roof. Wow. And it was under like Burj Khalifa what you so beautiful up, so um come, oh yeah better show up and show yes! out so hopefully we'll be having uh these conversations with tour operators anyway mm-hmm. both in the uk and the us who you know want to get groups together so yes. obviously you've already got an existing vehicle for february mm. which is great but maybe you do two trips i <laughs> would love to <laughs> come in october and You know, myself and a few others are are actively working together to kind of create like a little consortium slash family because Mm -hmm. a lot of us are doing overlapping things. And if there's synergy, let's just we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Stop that. We don't have to compete and be like, oh shit, no, like no time for that. No, the pandemic has taught us nothing but whatever. But this is this is one of the lessons we have to just come together. Yes, come together and cut the crap. So thankfully, a lot of us are doing that anyway. Mm -hmm. But um
0: yeah we hope we hope to have a global effect oh yes <laughs> i see it i see it but that's really awesome to hear like that all of these black people are coming together because sometimes we get a bad rap, you know yes. that we're jealous of each other we don't want to see each other win so to hear
2: yes and that's exactly why i think even with negative news negative news will go much further Mm -hmm. than the good news Mm -hmm. you just have to tell them on TV or open a newspaper to realize that like so much stuff is just reported and on a daily basis if you count how much is positive and how much is negative Mm -hmm. negative news consumes us so it's that bit harder to kind of sometimes make the good news stick Mm -hmm. and not just like oh that was great next like we need to you know stay in that moment and speak about it louder.
0: well we're saying it loud and proud right here yeah black girl in dubai so connectors connectors welcome back welcome back welcome back I am your host, the connector of AMPs Connected Podcast, Alexia Plummer, and I am here, finally, back in Dubai, and I'm sitting here with the lovely Black girl in Dubai, AKA, come on, give us down, give us your rundown
2: my name is kai charles and i am the founder of black girl in dubai uh been here for five years now and uh yeah just noticed there was a need to connect people and to find things for hair for nails mm. and just the stuff we typically miss from home yes. so um it wasn't my original reason for moving here from the uk but uh it's it's uh, exciting journey that I'm on now
0: so. well I want to know all your business so we will get into that thank you for but I me. must say yes y'all Kai came in stepping <laughs> to the nines hair laid nails done you look fabulous thank you very fabulous. much thank you so you've been here for five years yes what brought you here
2: So uh, I'm from West London in the UK, and uh, born and raised, lived there my whole life. Barely had you know moved out from my parents' house, and uh, I was looking for something different. Um, Done the normal school route, university route, went into work. What did you study? Business management. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of the route that I took because I felt that it's the done thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, hairdressing or fashion or dance or any of the creative things that I love to do. Um, back then, I, I feel like people would just... Kind of said it wasn't a career career. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know I know much better now. But I think back then it was kind of like you do more of the safe jobs, you mm-hmm. know. So went down the business. Because that's what our parents group, taught us, definitely, and and with good intention mm-hmm. as well. But it wasn't what excited me or made me happy. Um, anyway, at that time, you know, people were doing that, applying for university. So I applied, got in, and um, I just wasn't really fulfilled. So music then was my side thing because Mm. i always was creative at school didn't Mm. really realize it at the time um but being creative singing dancing and all those things just became the outside hobby Mm -hmm. so um i had started a business had a promotional marketing team um worked with some amazing companies such as like aeg live and lots of different you know major promoters Mm -hmm. and just still wasn't fulfilled. You know, I felt like instead of being on the promotional team promoting other people's concerts, I want to be doing my own. Of course. So (laughs) I had come to Dubai, oh God, I don't remember the year, maybe 2010, I want to say. Don't quote me on the year. But Mm -hmm. um, I loved it here because of all the places that I traveled before, you know, Europe and the States and everything, I felt like I could live here. Mm -hmm. Most other places you have a short holiday and then you're Mm -hmm. like, I want to go home after a week. You know, you miss your Mm comforts. But I really felt like there was a good mix here. A bit of, you know, British culture, a bit of American culture, a bit of the Middle East. It was fast-paced. There was sun. Um, So I kind of talked myself into it for like six years and was like, I'm going to live in Dubai. I'm going to live in Dubai. I'm going to live in Dubai. Anyway, it literally took six years. And I thought, I'm just going to sing in the sun. Why Mm -hmm. not? So Mm -hmm. 2017, myself and my cousin just... Literally packed two suitcases each and jumped on a plane and didn't look back. <laughs> wow. So that's how wow. I first started, doing music here mm-hmm. um, and being in a band.
0: I love it because, <laughs> as you said, I'm also a singer, but an attorney. Right. And singing has been with me since a baby. Yes. and. In my mind, because, you know, our parents, you need to get this type of job yes. so you can sustain yourself. And so I said, okay, well, I know the music industry is kind of fickle, so maybe I should be an attorney yep. for the singers. So yes. then I'm still yeah, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like, I really enjoy singing. Exactly. So um, I actually came out here the first time in 2000. 15 after I studied for the bar, I was waiting for bar results and I had a um, an aunt in Elaine. She's like, just come out here, take your time, you know, you can figure out life later. You need some rest. Oh, okay, cool, you know, okay.
2: <laughs> At the time, were you <laughs> thinking, where is Elaine?
0: Yes, because I mean, like, she said, I knew Dubai. Right. And she said, I, I don't live far from Dubai. And I was like, okay, well, I love to drive, so let's go. You know, so went to L.A. the first time, and I fell in love with this country. Really,
1: okay. even though
0: L.A. is like, I guess the country parts, like you don't really hear too much about L.A. unless you know it. Exactly. Um, but it was it was a great experience. And then the next year, again, because I had to study for the bar again. I came back in 2016, mm-hmm. but that time it was consciously to to sing here. Okay. Because I, in 2015, I saw the possibility. Right. So I came back in 2016 to execute the vision. And then I stayed for about a year um, because then again, I had to go back to the States to take the bar. Right. And I don't want to say I regret leaving. But as i tell people all the time i feel like my heart is still here right and i was i was just speaking to someone last night and he was saying you know a lot of people look at dubai or the uae and have like this story instagram story thought of it and i was like it is that you know there are parts that are um hard because we don't have our luxuries from home but there are a lot of other luxuries here yeah. that you don't have back yeah. at home. So when you moved here five years ago, what was it about this place that made you know this is where I'm going to stay and not look back?
2: Um, To be honest with you, so when I say not look back, I didn't look back as in this is permanent. I, I think that Dubai is a fantastic hot spot for business for leisure for a holiday spot for a permanent spot for some people um for me my family are still back in London majority Mm. of them I have family all over the world but my core base is still the UK so part of me I think will always have that base there but I also don't know if Dubai is the final destination, mm-hmm. um, but I love how close it is. It's like six, seven hours tops to go back home, um,
0: and it's it's affordable. I should say, as opposed to eighteen hours <laughs> and 15, 15 minutes, which is <gasps> what took me going home. It will be uh, like twenty hours. Oh my gosh. So yes,
2: yes, mm-hmm. it is a, a, <laughs> a lot <luxury>. of dedication <laughs> coming that way, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think. In the sense of not looking back, myself and my cousin at the time, we just knew that going home and say quitting wasn't an option Mm -hmm. for the duration that we said, we're going to come out, we're going to give it a year, two years, and really have a chance with it. Because I think it's easy to obviously do something new and before you've given it a a decent length of time to say it doesn't work Mm -hmm. or it's too hard or I'm quitting or for whatever good reason, actually um as you've obviously lived here and experienced it's not easy and I think Mm sometimes people think well you've got the sun you've got the Burj Khalifa what are you complaining about there's there's nothing you know to to really worry about but um it's different here it's Mm -hmm. different it's it's not home you Mm -hmm. know and so you have to get used to uh the new environment the law of the land new people new environments new circle new everything so Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I think that's the fact when you go anywhere that's not Your original base Mm -hmm. but um, I think Dubai is is a bit unique for that so yeah when I came I think we just had that option of you know it's it's yeah just do it
0: so what was that experience like though like coming I would say with just your bags and like (laughs) finding uh, something, I would say like little side hustles to keep you going. So, the, in and, my- and like your prep work, your preparation, because it was easy for me. My aunt was here, she had her housing, yeah. just come, you know? Yeah. But I can only imagine just my bags. So,
2: <laughs> uh, I had visited several times before I actually moved, whereas my cousin came once mm-hmm. and loved it and was like, let's do it together. So that was great. But we actually already had a cousin here who'd been here maybe eight, nine years at the time. Okay. And uh, he had a successful business and, um, yeah, just gave us lots of tips. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we'd be back home in the UK on Google, checking flights, comparing apartments and all that kind of stuff. But until you get here, I think you can't really do the official groundwork because when you're abroad um for the people in dubai it moves very very quickly so you you calling to say i'm thinking of moving next week or next month is irrelevant Mm -hmm. you need to be here and now and i think once we got on the ground we realized how quickly things moved um and i I don't want to say it wasn't scary but i think because i was doing it with a cousin and i already had a cousin here there was a little bit of familiarity but there was still the uncertainty of you know i've got to find a gig Mm -hmm. now (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, again I had met um, some agents and had conversations before um, but there was nothing solid or guaranteed mm-hmm. and, and one of the agents said look I think you'd be brilliant here literally save you know three months rent mm-hmm. or three months mm-hmm. runway even so rent this that and the other <laughs> get on a plane and and hearing it from it was a British person so hearing it from another British person I think mm. helped me p- to believe that it's also sure. possible um, So I had that in my mind and thankfully when I got here, whether it was uh, someone connecting me, um, another musician connecting me and saying, hey, you're back, Um, you know, go meet this person or, you know, go meet that person or go audition here, whatever it was. Listen, I had my CDs, which nobody even used here, but Uh I had CDs, business cards, microphone, I had everything Hmm. and I was just like, right, let's go meet people. So... After about four weeks, I landed my first gig at Music Hall. Nice. Farm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Four weeks, but it felt like months. Yes. And obviously in those days, you're just like, did I make the right choice? Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's only been a few weeks, but this is, this is
0: time. I get it. <laughs> I was all on the Facebook um, groups, right. like musicians in the UAE right. and yeah. all those. Yeah. And I saw this guy from Louisiana. So I saw this guy post and it said something like about New Orleans. And I was like, oh, wait, that's my cousin. Oh, and so I just no messaged way. him and it's was like, hey, cousin, no way, do you need a singer for your band? <laughs> no way. <laughs> and like the next day he was like, actually, we do. So I, I felt lucky. Right. But then at the same time, I did. I feel like I didn't give myself enough time here which right. is probably why i feel like oh man my heart is still here and i just saw him the other day and he's like yo lexi you have to come back the money we got it we just need you and i'm like i don't know and so i had like this whole meltdown because as you said like this place is just the opportunity is yes. here and when you said earlier about um the group being down at the Burj Khalifa. And how like, it's inspiring to me to see the opulence, to see how the the innovation, Mm -hmm. to see how these people took a country filled with nothing but sand. And now has the tallest building in the world.
2: Literally. Can you you imagine just waking up one day and just being like, "I, um, I think I want to build an island. A circle? No. A square? No. Maybe an armature. A palm. That's what it is. Let's do an island in the shape of a palm. Do you know what? Let's also do the tallest building in the world, yeah? Deal? Imagine just having the guts to even share that and then not only share it but make it happen.
0: The vision. The execution. It's
2: just, it's wild sometimes when I think about it.
0: I went on a boat tour the other day. I'm trying to do all the little touristy things. Yes. Now, since I'm here, Good. and when I saw Princess Island was built, not for the first wife, but for the second <laughs> wife, and I'm like, okay, that is pretty do. cool, you know, just I have your do. own I- island. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: normal. Why not?
0: Yes. <laughs> but I, I love it. Again, I think it's it should inspire other countries to use their wealth, their resources, mm-hmm. to help their own nation. But also, I know UAE is really good with helping others. Right. And even, like, the people themselves. I, was, I read this article that said this guy, um, he was fined. He was arrested and fined because he was begging. And right. I know here it's against the law to right. be a beggar. And they were saying, you know, this is, um, you shouldn't beg because we have the resources. Just reach out to your local authorities because we have things in place for our people. Right. So I really respect that as well. And again, the opportunity that it gives to people like us, Mm -hmm. because you can come here and do whatever your mind imagines. Well,
2: that's the thing. I think, um, you know, whenever people have asked, you know, why didn't I go to the states and do mm-hmm. music, or why oh, why question. did I choose, you know, Dubai? And and for me, it was very simple. It was simply that I could earn what I would probably earn in my full time slash part time job, or even my business,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: singing here um, a few days a week. Mm-hmm. So it was. I, almost a no-brainer. and I, I think it was about the music, but because I was doing independent releases at the time, um, I wasn't thinking about singing in front of the people and being on stage and having like a status or anything like that. It was more to do with I can do what I love, I can be paid and mm-hmm. pay for my basic needs
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I'll be in the sunshine.
1: Yes,
2: You know, that gap of opportunity isn't necessarily there obviously in the UK. The UK weather is different, mm-hmm. the, the circuit is different and... Um, you know i i love the uk scene it's very original and very organic and stuff like that but there's so much that you have to do before you can get to um a good paying wage mm-hmm. um or maybe if you go down the corporate route and sort of do the uh, function bands and stuff like that which i wasn't on at the time i was more just doing independent work balancing with my um, part-time um, job and business um but i think even at that point there was a bit of a stigma like some people didn't want to go down that route because if you're an independent artist you don't want to be seen doing quote-unquote the karaoke or the function band stuff either one or the other you're either in the function band route but not an artist or you're Mm -hmm. an artist and you don't do the function band so now you know, obviously, so many things have evolved. The music industry has evolved tenfold. Mm-hmm. And I know many people who actually do both seamlessly and very, very well. And it doesn't matter now because I feel like everyone's got their own niche and they mm-hmm. make it whatever they want to make it. Um, but at the time of me coming here, I just felt like I could be in the sun and be paid more for less work and then reinvest it in my, that my original That good art. to me. <laughs> so I was like, it's a no-brainer, you know? So... Um, It didn't quite work out like that, but if I'm honest, I can't, what I thought I was coming here for, I have grown exponentially. The lessons, the lessons you learn in a new country, you know, the the challenges you face, the Mm -hmm. wins that you get, the things that you don't really even think about in that space that you're in, because obviously, why would you, you know? Mm The summers, the winters, the it's all different seasons. So coming to a new country and obviously being specific to Dubai, I just, I learned so much about myself. Yes. I was already on a self-development journey, but it, it just, yeah, it evolved when I got here.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. So what type of music do you sing?
2: So uh, I used to do like R&B, and then uh, for this specific market, you have to sing the the rock secular stuff well i didn't do the rock but you have to sing the secular popular stuff that everybody Mm. wants so it's the rock the jazz the soul the funk um or just typically the hits people know true you you singing the song from that album that you love you know i was like yeah because i know brandy i know this. uh, that's Uh -uh. great that's really great it is it's not gonna work if you don't know
0: (laughs) top 40 (laughs)
2: no it's not gonna work here and I was like what do you mean like these are big and again I was like this is gonna be my niche you know Mm -hmm. I can broaden it a bit but it's like no so I don't dabble in jazz or um rock I know a few songs obviously but Mm -hmm. that's not what I used to dabble in so I kind of went more into the soul funk R&B route and again even with that there's like a bittersweet Thing because I'm so grateful that I was able to learn some of the great songs that mm-hmm. listen have you ever learned a song and be like oh that's what they say yes like I
0: thought I knew the words <laughs> of this but I do not know the words because that is not what she is saying <laughs> look I when I came and I again why I appreciate the music in um, scene here because I had never sang rock music right. I am classically trained Went from classical, I mean, of course, grew up in the church. So I'm singing gospel, classical, a little jazz because I'm from Louisiana. You know, typical black girl stuff, you know, R&B, funk. And then my bandmates are like, yeah, so you have to learn all of these 90s rock. And I'm like, oh all right okay ACDC okay Mm -hmm. we can do all of that guns and roses let's do it you know so yeah that was this place also offered me a great experience to expand myself like wholly personally so hopefully you're not just here um working on your business still you're still working on yourself so I uh, ask next, what do you see yourself? You said this is not your final place, but you do see yourself moving on from here in another couple years. Yeah, I think,
2: I think this also will now be a, a base for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think home is wherever you feel home is. So I don't think it has to be one specific physical location. Mm-hmm. Um when I moved here I actually just put my car at a friend's house um on the driveway and most of my stuff in storage um I didn't want to bring it all back to my mum's and I was just like I'll be back I'll be back a few times a year and Mm -hmm. I was in the first year I was I was back like four times um and I I really of course pandemic permitting um, I, I've done that and I've kept that up for the five years. Um, so just during 2020, obviously there was no travel for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the end of 21, middle and end of 21, and then this year also, um, it will be back to that. So I feel like I've made such a great network here and I've met so many diverse people here, like coming from West London and just London in general, it's a very, very diverse city. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've realized how much more diverse it is here. Um, I think I've met more African people living in Dubai of so many different countries and, you know, origins. And just, it's been so fruitful mm-hmm. versus when I was in London. And uh, of course, you know, there's so many African countries, mm-hmm. but the majority of my friendship circles or contacts or just who you see every day, you've got, you know, Nigerians, Ghanaians, uh Somalis like that's pretty much the the British you know community that I know of and maybe a few Eritreans but I can think of the times when they migrated and why there are certain groups at those times
3: mm-hmm.
2: um but I grew up around a largely Caribbean um black community so that was also great and that's mm-hmm. where I also feel at home um but coming to Dubai and you know meeting Ethiopians and then yes. um just just someone from everywhere and yes. I'm like oh wow and and equally they're like, Where are you from? And I say mm-hmm. Jamaica, Grenada, da, da da and they're like, Wow. So I'm like, Have you been to the Caribbean? They're like, No. no. <laughs> like, have you been to my country? And I'm like, No, I have not. Mm. Um, but it's just it's just so fascinating being here because there's you can just meet any and everyone.
0: It's so true. Yeah. And you said earlier, maybe before we started that you are here to also connect people and be almost like a life coach would you say that about yourself
2: yes I I have uh gone down that avenue but I feel like it's I don't know if there's even a word for it I used to struggle before because I was like there's got to be a name for it got to be a title like I know I'm not necessarily a teacher as such um I don't think mentor is enough Is coach the right label um but honestly I just really like connecting people not even like it I I like it because I've realized the um, natural connector that I am. Mm-hmm. But it honestly gives me pleasure when I do that because it's something that I can kind of, it's almost like it's bugging me before it happens. Yes. And then it happens and I'm like, ah, oh, I wanted you guys to meet for so long or yes. whatever it may be. But um, I didn't know that when I first came here. Um, I think I had a lot of stuff from the UK so you know people said I talk a lot and you know I've, I've got a nice voice but this but that but when I kind of emerged in and out of music here I realized I've got a voice for many things mm-hmm. not just Ooh, I love uh, music you know I've, I've done a bit of radio also as well but I kind of fell into that in the UK so mm-hmm. hearing people talking about my voice here yes. didn't know that I sang and didn't know that I was on radio it was like why do people keep mentioning my voice or why why does it feel good when I do this Because so to use it. yeah so connecting the dots and then connecting the people and then just just being passionate about you know the community I've just realized that coach mentor connector they're all interlinked and that's that's me so
0: <laughs> I'm smiling because as you know my podcast is amps connected i am amps and i connect people yes and that's what i believe like all over the world we can still be connected it doesn't matter if you're from Grenada or uzbekistan or the uk we are all here we all have something to give to each other so that we can flourish exactly i love that
2: i think coming from the uk um It was great and I'm blessed to have a a phenomenal set of friends and family. Um, But there have been times in different scenarios, maybe school, university, family, whatever, where there is kind of like this crabs in a barrel mentality Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like there's only space for one. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether that was through TV or radio or the media or whatever it is, and to be honest, I don't think it's been completely eradicated. I definitely think there's way more diversity now since the very tragic incidents of, uh, you know, George Floyd and many other countless um, tragic scenarios that we know of or mm-hmm. don't know of. But now mm-hmm. there's a lot more diversity than it was, like, two or three years ago on mainstream TV and, and all of those things. But True. I think it's it's just... I don't know. Do you feel like in the States, like everyone and obviously you can't speak for the entire United States but do you feel like people share easily or they kind of want to keep things to themselves and guard it and there's a bit of competition like if I get it you can't have it too like I don't know I I kind of was around a lot of that and many people were
0: I would say capitalism yeah Yeah. capitalism and then especially in the states we have this Mm go-go rat race Mm -hmm. big ups to Bob Marley like Mm -hmm you know it's that mentality yeah and why i'll tell people all the time one of the reasons why i love living outside the states is because everything is a little bit slower even here in dubai really like it's like people under i'll say here like people understand the the work ethic right but it's still like Oh, okay, ma'am. No problem. Just okay. Yeah. You know, we'll get it done. Even like I told them that I wanted this this meeting room, and it's like okay, and it's just easygoing. And I'm like, are we okay? Uh, no, no problem, ma'am. Just have a seat. Right. And you know, it's just not a big rush. Right. Maybe the cars because they do drive absolutely insane <laughs> here <laughs> but yeah I think that's what it is right. so to hear you say like you want to share yourself and connect people I think that's a beautiful start or a beautiful place to be within yourself to to even make your business grow even bigger yeah so.
2: I think honestly it came out of uh frustration here. Um, I've always been this person anyway, so my friends of family will tell you I'm always that one who's like, guys, let's do a photo, and guys, Mm. let's do this, and come on, guys. That's me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also didn't realize that was a thing. You know, I I don't think I looked at any point in my life in the UK and thought that being a connector was a thing. You know,
0: I think that's a very new word that we're using. Um, Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's okay. The tipping point. Yes. There are... Am I, am I confusing my books? There are three types of people. And so I always reference this book because it's like there are three types of people and one being the connector. Okay. And I'm like, okay, so there is a thing. Okay. Like you may not be, and it goes back to even myself, like, okay, well, if I'm not going to be the singer, then I can maybe help, you know? And I, I think we are important because most time, you know, people can be – um, I would say not see their own light mm. and it's other people mm-hmm. who can see that light to make them exactly. you know push them forward exactly. and help them see exactly so, exactly yes. that's
2: definitely been me mm-hmm. I was always on other people's teams helping to build this mm-hmm. thing this project and then I think in the music right, I would always then realise at some point when the project's finished or, you know, it hasn't got to a certain stage. And I look back and I'll be like, who's helping build my thing? Mm -hmm. Like, I need to be doing this great stuff for my own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Confidence kind of played a part in that at some point when I was younger, because I would feel like, oh, maybe I can't do it on my own yet. So I will join this, get some experience or work at this job. And then once I've got enough experience or enough money or whatever, or my own team then I'll go and do my own thing. But they've got to a point where I'm like, no, I'm doing everything on everyone else's team. Like, I do it for Ooh, myself now. That's a word. Yeah. So I think coming here and and looking for um, hair supplies, you mm-hmm. know, I brought obviously what I could bring in my two suitcases. Mm-hmm. Um, the first four weeks, landed that gig, went back to the UK, came back again with another two um, suitcases full. But your supplies run out. Mm-hmm. So when I'm like, okay, I don't know where my next trip to the UK is going to be. It will happen this year. And thank God it happened multiple times. But I need this. Yes. Where do I get it? So I would, you know, find the uh, black female that kind of, look, okay, hi, um, where do I... They either don't know, mm-hmm. or they're telling me that it's somewhere really ridiculously far. <laughs> and when I first moved here, I didn't drive. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, how bad do I really want this thing? Mm-hmm. But that obviously continued, because I'm now not looking for just the hair product. I Maybe I'm looking for something for my skin. I mm-hmm. ran out of my... MAC products and I went round to like three or four different uh malls and mm-hmm. it was the last one after I'd been traipsing around for like weeks and the lady was like ma'am the shade you're looking for if we don't have it because I had said you know I've been to Harvey Nichols I've been to here I've been to there mm-hmm. but like, if we don't have it none of the stores will have it and I'm like why did no one tell me wow. that and they're like number one we don't stop the shade very often right right number two um, it comes from Canada so if." If we didn't have the shipment, then mm-hmm. none of us have it. And I'm like, on a serious note, like, could no one have told me this? Wow, do you know what I mean? Right. So it was just a, a, a compilation of loads of different things. That I think was triggering, triggering, triggering to mm-hmm. the point when I had an incident
1: <laughs> Uh-oh.
2: after I saw a friend with a really nice shaved um style like completely shaved mm-hmm. um i'd seen her a couple of times and um i didn't know her she wasn't my friend friend but i would call her my friend mm-hmm. um with all due respect but i didn't she wasn't um somebody i hung out with it was sure. a place that i frequented in a work capacity so we befriended each other and one day i'm admiring her her hairstyle and i'm like girl your hair looks fresh ready to get your cut blah blah she told me about this place so I'm like maybe she can come with me one day, but mm-hmm. I mean obviously you know sometimes the the hostessing staff don't get a lot of time off, so she's encouraging me to just go on my own one day. But I'm like no, I'd prefer if you came with me right. anyway. I've seen her like three times now, and it's dope every time. She tells me this guy does Afro hair. I'm like really yes okay it's here blah blah blah. So girl, see you're getting nervous. I know. See, you are <laughs> getting nervous. So you know where I'm going with this right? So. One day, and this has been with a few things, tattoos and whatever else, not here abroad, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I've just felt like it and I do it and Mm -hmm. I don't regret it. So I'm like, I'm going to do my hair today. I think I'm going to, like, shave it like this. I had a few styles that I'd, like, saved randomly. But I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Yeah. So I drive down to this place. Takes me an hour to get there. And I had a hire car specifically. Okay. Okay. Like an hourly hire car. So I hire the car. Um... I'll tell you off camera about that whole thing cuz I had to get to the sure. car. The car was not outside my house. Uh-uh. And they don't anyway. So I get to the car, I hire it, I get to the location after an hour. Mm-hmm. I wait in this salon reception. I was served, but they were like, "Oh, yeah, wait for this guy." Okay. Waiting, waiting, waiting. I see a black girl come in, do something, leave. A few other people coming in, but this mm-hmm. guy hasn't really even showed oh, next whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "I wonder if he's even working today." So I ask the receptionist, "Yeah, yeah, he's here." Mm-hmm. Great. Eventually, another hour goes by. Right, so I've left my house, got into the car, in the car for an hour, parked up, found the place, sat in the place. So hours are racking up. Yes. And eventually, he finishes, ushers me to this chair. It wasn't even like a, oh my God, I'm so sorry you've been waiting to see me. Because there were other people in there also, but I wanted this guy. Mm-hmm. I show him the photo, I describe what I wanted. And I swear to you, <laughs> within about maybe thirty seconds, he goes chuck, chuck, chuck. swear to you and uh, shaved the back of my head, uh-huh. which is the style I want because I wear my hair up usually. And I look, and I yeah, I could have done better.
1: Oh, right, no. and I'm not.
2: hairdresser and that's not Mm. to insult his talent or skill because i've seen him on my friend Mm. but that was the level of respect or time yes and effort that went into the cut so of course i see it and it wasn't even the regret of oh i shouldn't have cut it it was the regret of i'm sitting in this chair and i had trusted this filipino guy to literally because that was the violation, actually. That was the actual oh. violation. He could have said, "I can't do this," mm-hmm. or um, "I can do this, but can you wait half an hour? I'm going to see whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You need to go. You need to rush. You need a toilet break. Whatever. No consideration. And and even at that point, I've spoken to him and said, "Oh, I would like this and said, whatever. If you don't want to do it, then just say uh-uh. that. Like, do you know what I mean? There were so many points. So." Of course, I begin to think, and I'm like, well, you need to, like, this is not, it's not straight. And he didn't even part my hair. No. just what I'm saying. No, no. So then I'm like, make it make sense. So anyway, so point is, I, I of course, I'm irritated. I don't want to flip off and be like angry black woman. Because then now there's levels to this. But now then I'm like, Do you need hair? to fix this? Yeah, but he could see I'm visibly pissed yeah. off. And I'm obviously like, you need to fix it. So he's trying to think, and he's like, oh, oh, your hair is not like... My hair's like, my hair's not like, what? 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 Say it. <laughs> so then I get up because I've now concluded within about five minutes that this isn't going to go better. <laughs> uh-uh. Unless he just shaves the whole thing because now there's no start. Do you know I mean? So I get up and I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, you need to have a And I'm like, but at this point I'm like, I'm not going to get arrested <laughs> for a haircut because I didn't pay so I take the money I pay them and I'm already like down the stairs by now so I quickly come back up the stairs I pay them and I get outside I felt like I could not breathe oh. because I'm now thinking like I spoke to her and I saw her all the time and mm-hmm. d- So I called my friend and my friend's like, so I'm like, do you know a black barber? Another black guy. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't go to barbers. I do my own hair. I call someone else. No, I also do my own hair. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? All these guys I thought had the secret hookup to a barbershop because it's men only and women only. So I'm like, you have to have a hookup. And they're Mm. like, no, I don't. I do my own hair. So it was at that point I get in the car, I drive myself home and I am literally saying to myself, never, never again.
0: And so the black
2: businesses that I had come across in my endeavors, when I'm on my gigs and I'm Mm -hmm. meeting people, I'm doing my little connector Mm -hmm. thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, hi. yes, Babe, you said you're an attorney, right?
0: Yes. I started
2: making a list and I realized I had about 50 people I knew. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if there's 50 that I know and I've been here like, a year and some. Right. There has got to be more than the fifty I know, mm-hmm. and so that's how Black Girl and Dubai was born. because I would start telling people, and they be like, "Oh my god, really?" But I'm like, I can't do this twenty four seven. I can't stand on the corner uh-huh. and be like,
0: "There is a black woman." Uh-huh. All from bad haircut. I, think, like,
2: I cannot. But I was, you uh-huh. know, in smaller conversations, but. There were times where it also wasn't appropriate to just be like, by the way, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that that was the passion burning in me. But I was like, I've got to connect these people because then on the flip side, the salons and stuff would be like, we don't have the customers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? I know loads mm-hmm. of black people who need their hair mm-hmm. done, who are asking me the same questions and what happened to me in another respect happened to someone else. They went and got, you know, ripped off and paid a ridiculous fee. And then someone else went and, you know, I've heard the horror stories. Mm-hmm. Not that it's terrible because there are some amazing salons and there are people, but if you go to the wrong person or place,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, before I can even finish the story, you were already uncomfortable because yes. like, you didn't what wear? Yes.
0: yes. Because what I often received, well, I'm a natural girl. So when my hair was a fro, as soon as I walked in the salon, oh no, miss. Yeah. And it's like, but I just wanted a wash, like in a Like, blowout. Like, can you not do that? Really? Yes. Yes. So, no, I love that. too. I'm sorry that you had to have a a bad haircut, but I love what came out of it.
2: I can laugh now, but I was so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I got someone to do braids for me the next day. And at this point, I'm like, I will pay whoever for whatever, Mm -hmm. but I need you to come to me because I'm thinking I can't travel.
0: (laughs) Well, whoever... (laughs) uh-uh
2: the back of my head shaved like i cannot uh-huh. so thank god i didn't have to go to a salon uh-huh. someone came to my home okay it.
0: good <laughs> so i was gonna say whoever did your hair this style it's thank beautiful. You. It's so beautiful. um
2: this is by comfort um a new salon that opened like two months ago maybe three months ago um and female owned nigerian um business owner and she's doing great you know so uh they're in barsha so not far from here and the nails as well
0: i I was looking at them like they are fabulous (laughs) i love that color
2: Thanks. Uh, you know, I don't like to do the bright stuff too often mm-hmm. and uh, I just change it up from like the classic colors and just have simple designs, Simple
0: but different. Yeah. Just different ones. No, so. I like it. It looks a little classy. Thank you. Um, so one of my favorite things to talk about is food. I'm a big foodie. I love food, all types of foods. So what's one of your favorite spots here or if not a spot? What's one of your favorite foods here in the UAE?
2: You know, what, this one is bittersweet because the first thing that actually comes to mind is a dish called Red Red. And I'd never heard of it before. And I only had it during Expo, at Expo. So um, Expo is finished now, sadly. Um, I
0: wanted to go. Oh,
2: it was incredible. Oh, I mean, I think people didn't really know what to expect. And I think half believed it maybe wasn't going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm because it was supposed to be expo 2020
2: exactly so it had to get pushed back and then people like is it actually
0: opening like Mm -hmm. are they gonna push it again Mm -hmm. is it
2: gonna get cancelled but no it was it was yeah it was spectacular actually i can't really i think anyone who's been it's hard to describe to someone that hasn't been there i know that's also because like well is it a theater show is it is it like a theme park like what is it but it was it was great and there was a uh, African dining hall there
0: there are different pavilions right
2: different pavilions so there were different uh so there were one hundred and ninety two countries I believe mm. that basically came and showcased their culture, their art, their traditions, the future of what their country would be here in Dubai and I think that's actually the theme of expos generally so every five years um, a different country will host an expo Mm -hmm. and um, it doesn't actually go as far and as wide as I think maybe something like the World Cup goes or um, Olympics for example. Um Expo has definitely been to a number of countries, but it was the first time the UAE is hosted. Mm-hmm. And then I think like Paris has done it a few times and Japan has done it a few times. Japan's so it, next. It's going back to Japan, but yeah. it's, it's been to Japan before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, that is, I could be wrong, but I think that is the theme throughout to showcase uh, technology in the future right. in some capacity. So it was nice because some countries interpret it, it interpreted it in, in their own, obviously their way, their culture and showed you what uh, their cities and stuff might look like with the new technology coming in, obviously Mm -hmm. AI and the metaverse and all these things. Um, But others, it was just a nice taste of home, you know, Um, and if you haven't been there, it was very welcoming to kind of go and see their culture and Mm -hmm. see some of their mountains or um, just telling and hearing a story through their eyes. So it was really, really nice. And obviously meeting people from all over the world because a lot of people... Uh, flew in for that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that was run by people on the ground. It was people who flew in internationally. So it was huh. it was great to just meet new faces and obviously sure. hear um, you know from new people who hadn't really been to the UAE before and whatever they expected you know seeing the scale of what it was when they actually landed. So um, there was um, an African dining hall called Al kibulin which is actually the original name for Africa. So huh. uh, can you say it again? Al-kebulin. Say- Al-kebulin. Al-kebulin. al al Yeah, Al-kebulin. so depending on how you pronounce it, it could be Al-kebulan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the original name for the continent of Africa before so never you know, knew that. the divide and conquer. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so the dining hall was like a... Wait,
0: so like Wakanda? but Ah, uh, I guess. Like, but for real literally
2: yeah 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 that's kind of cool so I mean I think I had heard that but depending on like if you just see it on Instagram or some weird fact somewhere it's like was that true or not but Mm. it's true it's actually true you know you might find an old map from God knows when that actually has Al-Kabulin written on it before Mm. it was renamed Africa the more you know yeah 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 I think even sometimes when you see Africa spelt with a K I think that's part of the reason why they put the K in there instead of the C okay so kind of you know connect back and, and stick to the roots but yeah africa huh. before it was named africa that's cool um so yeah i'll tell you after so maybe you can put it on the screen sure. <laughs> um so there was like a two floor huge dining um hall of different dishes by different chefs it's not just dishes but different fusions and concepts by different chefs um i don't remember how many in total but let's say about 10 12 different kitchen setups and Mm -hmm. yeah you could just maneuver through it and Mm -hmm. you know today eat upstairs Mm -hmm. in this little concept and then go somewhere else and have barbecue this and you know it was it was just great so it was it was african food Mm -hmm. with like a modern twist Mm -hmm. and however different chefs um decided to to put their spin on the Mm -hmm. menu you know so it was it was beautiful and red red is a as a ghanaian dish i believe and uh with like beans and uh plantain avocado how they served it there and it was very tasty very tasty very mm. wholesome i think mm. it's an inexpensive dish if mm. you were having it traditionally back home um but it was like a very kind of tomato rich hmm. it
0: I, was good <laughs> no, well you said beans and i'm thinking the first thing i thought of was wache have you ever heard of no wache? it's like a like beans i don't know and rice and okay I don't know. It's really good. Okay. It's Ghanaian as well. So. Nice.
2: I need to try that. I've never heard of redwood, But I, I would love it.
0: to try it because, yeah. again, I'm a huge foodie.
2: So I do... I shouldn't, but I do jollof rice quite a oh. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So being from the Caribbean, I've grown up on... Uh, rice and peas and i love rice and peas yeah um but since moving here it's not the thing that i have every sunday or at least every other sunday like i used to in the carib uh, in the caribbean in london mm-hmm. um so yeah moving here my sunday my sunday dinners look a bit different um and it's not something that i cook in bulk because i'm alone mm-hmm. i mean at home you know you just cook a big pot everyone serves up and then you yeah. have leftovers but i don't cook the same way here um, so I don't have it as often, but then going to restaurants and see that there's jollof rice and experiencing in African food and cultures and flavors yes. and stews and yes. things. I'm like, oh, we usually have gravy with everything, but mm. I, I like them of that stew, you know, and I, I don't eat meat anymore. I used to when I first moved, but, um, I don't. So again, sometimes when I go places, I'm like, listen, just give me some jollof rice and plantain oh. and I'm good.
0: That was actually <laughs> oh, good. the first one of the first meals when I came back was I I got it off of Talibot, oh, but really? it was African food. Oh, so my favorite is oko stew. Okay, um, and we had um, oh, not fufu. What's my other thing? Fufu, and there is oh, it's white and it's like. Oh, I can't. Like uh, pounded yam. I was about to say pounded yam. Yeah, pounded yam. Um, what else did I have? And of course, some plantains and chicken with stew. Actually, oh. you said
2: that you know what's also good moi moi. Mm.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's like beans with like the egg on the inside. Yes, moi moi is yes. Good. yes, yes. So yes. and
2: this is the thing, my my uh, Ghanaian friends and Nigerian friends back in London. I, I never tasted this at their house. So, now I moved here and I'm like, I'm having all the things.
0: Um, When I lived here, I would go to Dira. Okay. To get, like, Good authentic. Ugh, oh, my there gosh. There's
2: some places around here also, you know. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do not make me go again. Because I leave Friday and I'm trying to, like, eat up all the stuff that I cannot. I live in yeah, Indiana.
2: Okay. And
0: I live, oh, I live in Lafayette, Indiana. Right. And it's... Super small, and I was just gonna stick at stick to Indiana, but actually in Indianapolis they do have a couple African restaurants. But where I live, you have like a little Chinese restaurant, okay. have Thai, you know, like the typical stuff, yeah. but no African foods whatsoever. Right. So i you definitely get it, to get it. yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. I
3: hear
0: that. And you said you're
2: now vegan. So, I'm so, uh, pescatarian, so I still eat fish,
0: okay.
2: um, I don't really cook it much at home though, um, but yeah, if I'm out I will still have like fish occasionally, mm-hmm. so like your salmon, your cods, stuff like that. Um,
0: so, so no camel meat for you? No. Have you ever had it? So,
2: I didn't, you know, when I first came here, to be honest, so obviously being in the UK and at that time being part of the European Union, mm-hmm. um, we had certain food standards Um, Not that I was particularly too focused on it back then but I started a health journey. I was detoxing every so often and so when I came here I think I started to look at labels more.
1: Mm.
2: I wasn't obsessed with it or looking at it every day because I do not have time for that but Mm -hmm. generally just being more conscious and aware of what I'm literally putting in my mouth. So. I was like, where, where's the food from? Do they have farms here? Mm-hmm. And I, I just generally didn't know. So I wasn't buying it and cooking it at home all the time. Maybe occasionally I'd buy chicken. Um, but the, the the food is preserved differently here mm-hmm. than in the UK. In the UK, you can like buy something in the supermarket and it sits in the fridge for like a week. Yes. Which I also don't think is good, by the way. Mm-hmm. But we've become accustomed to convenience mm-hmm. food. Um, you know, you just follow the best before date, blah, blah, blah. Whereas here, it's a lot fresher. And you, so you need to... Mm-hmm buy it cook mm-hmm. it eat it straight yes. away like in a couple of days yes. or it's gone so yes. um that's also great but I wasn't used to that so unfortunately at times I would waste food mm-hmm. um, not intentionally but um not realizing that I couldn't preserve it as long right um or just you know being busy with gigs and stuff um And then just generally, like, it kind of put me off because I don't want to keep seeing meat going off. You know, the odd fruit here and there, you know, you get a bit of mold, you chuck it in the bin. But then seeing meat going off, I'm like, okay. And then if I was out at brunches or wherever, I'd think, okay, I'd eat it there because it's cooked and it's Mm -hmm. tasty and whatever. But then just gradually, I was like, I don't really feel like I need this. I don't miss it. You know, so I think I just got to every year anyway on my self development. I would choose a thing to give up for the year. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd just give up meat for a year and see how it goes,
0: and then never look back. I am such a meat eater. Really, such a meat eater. I don't know if this is true or not. Right. But someone told me that pork and human flesh, when cooked, are similar. That's why he or well, part of. The reason why he's a vegan now and I was like oh well I love pork (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm a cannibal because I don't I don't ever think that I could eat someone but yeah um well first of all how would he even know
2: (laughs) who made that discovery um secondly um to be honest I think there are some meats that you won't know what it is you just have to trust that it is what it says what they say it is Mm -hmm. and i think that that was part of my decision making process because it wasn't anyone convincing me to you know go vegan or vegetarian or anything but there's just so much stuff that the food industry are allowed to legally put in our food Mm -hmm. um and that's in everything so i'm not going to say that fish is better or sugar is better or whatever but i think the food industry can put a lot of things that are harmful Mm -hmm. that are um uh, carcinogens and um you know especially in the black community there are things that we are more susceptible to so whether it's sickle cell or diabetes or high yes. cholesterol high blood pressure cancer i just feel like if i can help something mm-hmm. you know you got to pick the lesser of two evils sometimes and as my friend who's a raw foodist actually says you know he never tried to convince me to just you know don't eat this and don't eat that it's more a case of choose the best of the worst. Mm-hmm. If you've got these options in front of you, go for the one that's got the best option, because yes. you're never going to be eating all you know, vegan or all organic or all anything. Um, you, just, you just have to pick the best of the worst. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about it like that, you just have to be nice to yourself and not try to beat yourself up, because I think unless you're growing your own food, and creating your own soil and I mean how deep does it go if you want to get really political and stuff Mm. like that if someone wanted to poison you or whatever it is or or take you out in some way an enemy they don't have to come to your house and create a whole big drama blah blah. they can literally put it in your food Mm -hmm. and sometimes unfortunately if you if you're unaware of what you're putting in your mouth those things on a daily basis can eat you alive and that goes for cigarettes shisha so many things we're putting in and on our bodies every day Mm -hmm. but again if we sit and we literally dwell on some of those things the reality is none of us are making it out of this thing called life Mm -hmm. alive so whilst we're here just make the best decisions you can enjoy it and you know be on that journey
0: (laughs) your self-growth journey definitely has a lot of self-love involved oh
2: thanks yeah it's it's yeah it didn't come easy it's been through trials and tribulations and toxic relationships and Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) just things when you realize you have to save yourself from yourself you know I think there are a lot of things that we can look at and blame outside factors um and that's not to say outside factors aren't factors but until you realize that you are the only person who can save yourself that is you know, there's no one else inside your head except you. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that healthy relationship mentally, that's not going to infiltrate down to your, your physical, your mental, your emotional. It's not going to be stable. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, a friend, a parent, a partner, a teacher, a mentor, a coach, there is plenty of external people who can support that, mm-hmm. but it still starts from the core and if that dialogue isn't the correct dialogue then yeah
0: oh that's a word (laughs) connectors if you don't hear anything else (laughs) that is a word it's been a
2: journey and i feel like it's just been accelerated here Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not specific to dubai but i think some of it is because of the people i met
0: there there is something about this place though Mm. That sparks that, like that self-journey, self-worth journey.
1: Do you think
2: so? I
0: really think so.
2: Okay. Well, I think here specifically, it can be very easy with the pace of Dubai mm -hmm. and with the glitz and glam side of Dubai, you can get carried away Mm -hmm. or lost very easily. Mm -hmm. So if you don't already know yourself, Mm -hmm. I always have taken it that it will force you to know yourself whilst Mm -hmm. you're here Mm -hmm. and whether you stay here or whether you leave and realize it um that's yeah that's neither here nor there but I think I was fortunate to be here and to not get you know swept away with some of the other stuff and the drama and then just kind of catch myself and realize like wait I was doing this that and the other before I got here so Mm -hmm. now I just need to be more of me but not be afraid to shine as opposed to kind of Dulling down, which is what I was doing at the time.
0: No, I, I wonder if it has anything to do with being in the desert. I mean, for myself, I had my aunts here, I had friends, my bandmates were here, but almost like isolation. Mm. Do you ever feel isolated? Um,
2: I wouldn't say isolated. I think I definitely have more solitude here. Mm. Um, I like,
0: I, I love that word, solitude. Yeah.
2: It's very easy and I know people who feel lonely here um, and I see why because as busy as it is no matter where you are to be honest you could be in a very busy full room Mm -hmm. and still feel alone. And I think if you're not able to express yourself connect with people or have honest authentic conversations with genuine people and genuine relationships of course even if it's just one-to-one if you're not really having anything past the surface level it's just everyday hi how are you great you're not expressing yourself. Um, so I think because of the pace of Dubai, um, you need to have solid foundations here and solid foundations back home. Mm Because I speak to my family back home daily, weekly, monthly. There's not really periods where I just say, oh, I haven't spoken to my mom. And like, no. Um, and I don't necessarily speak to certain people every day, but there's a constant because I know what's going on in their life and they know what's going on with my life. Whereas, um, I think often many people here with the pace of it and the demands of the lifestyle or even work-life balance um, don't maintain whatever the connection is back home Mm -hmm. you know some people have come here running away from something Mm -hmm. others have come here running to something Mm -hmm. so depending on which (laughs) end of the spectrum you're at I think um, some people just get lost Mm. and then by the time you realise it's years you know and and this place is constantly changing it's 50 years old at the time of this recording so Mm -hmm. 50 years old compared to many of the other countries and places that we've come from that have been around hundreds of years and have, you know, stabilized. Um, <laughs> this place is going to look different in 10 years as well. So it's it's a constant moving cycle and you mm-hmm. have to move with it, mm-hmm. you know. So that's the beauty at the same time, because I think the opportunity here, you can get in and there's, yes. there's lower barriers to entry for certain things. It can be expensive in certain capacities. You know, starting a business and stuff is great, but it it has more of a cost to Mm -hmm. it here. Um, But if you can do it and and you have the international connections, this is the perfect hub. Because Mm -hmm. DXB is like the busiest airport in the world. Yes. Not JFK, not Heathrow Airport, not Gatwick Airport, not like DXB. And that's also unbelievable because how have they managed to be the top? But they have routes that don't exist anywhere else. It's through Dubai, that it happens, you know. So, if you can come here and keep up with the pace, but stay true to yourself, or mm-hmm. at least find the inner voice within the the noise, then, then yeah, that's what it's about.
0: <laughs> so, and then in these five years,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what this is going to be a twofold question? Mm-hmm. What continues to inspire you, and what keeps you grounded? Because it's so. Well, I said outside of America is, you know, a little bit slower, but I guess you're right. Here it is fast paced, but there's, because there's so much going on here. So, you know, with all the hustle and bustle and the culture, what keeps you inspired and what keeps you grounded?
2: Um, what keeps me inspired is, um, I just think the possibility here, um, The rulers have a vision that I don't think they really need to prove to anyone, but they have a vision that they just trust and believe in. And I I see that they are welcoming people from all different nationalities to come and build and grow and be united in in one space. Mm -hmm. So um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions people have about it being um, an Islamic country. Um, But I think once you're here and you realise if you follow the rules, you can go very, very far. Mm -hmm. Um, And because it's the hotspot for travel, for holidays and everything, I just think the number of people that I've met even here, I know a lot of people in London because obviously I was born and raised there, but the amount of people I've seen here that I didn't see back home whether it's been a holiday or a passing trip, or they're en route to Thailand or Australia or wherever, mm-hmm. there's been more connections and actual genuine things happening here than anywhere else in the world. Mm. Um, you know, I used to travel to like I don't know Europe and America and different places for holidays, but I'm not bumping into someone that I know from back home mm-hmm. in the middle of Miami. It's just not happening. Right. Um, and that's not to say it's also not interconnected, but I just feel like the level of it here, you can just. You can meet some some people from all walks of life. Like, I don't know, I I've met someone from Madagascar and I've never met anyone. Like, I remember a book from primary school that talks right. about Madagascar. Yes. That is my reference mm-hmm. to Madagascar. And, or or the Disney movie. <laughs> right. And then I've met someone and he's like, yes, I'm from Madagascar. And he told me about all about his business and what he's doing here and it's just like, wow, okay, meet someone else from Mozambique, meet someone from Egypt. Like, it was just, I feel like there's such an eclectic mix here. Like, again, at the expo, which was incredible, I was able to meet and party with the Prime Minister of Barbados. Like,
0: okay. Like, the one who just not dubbed Riata. Yeah,
2: what? How? What? How? But, wow. It's happening here. So, I feel like. That keeps me inspired mm-hmm. because there is vision, there is there is growth, and there is space for opportunity. And um, if you can be up here, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say relatively quickly. I don't think it's a race or um, it's, yeah, I, I just think there's, there's ways to do it here because people are open and they're not going to shun you. They will take it and run with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what keeps me inspired. Okay. And I see lots of the black community coming together here. So that's, that's how I see it forming and bubbling and mixing more.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: I love that. All right. So one more question. I'm
2: so sorry. You said the question was twofold. Yes.
0: Yeah, so what keeps you grounded? What
2: keeps me grounded? Okay. So, so as, as we know, what goes up must come down.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, I've met a lot of people who have been in phenomenal positions. And something, like many of us experienced with the pandemic, um, something could knock you off that high. Um, You're not at home in the sense of being at your own country that you've been born and raised in. Um, And I think here, I always remember that it's a... It's not a democracy like when you're back home and you vote for what you want and mm-hmm. you know you have a say and stuff like that. Not that you don't have a say here, but you know the UAE have formed the families and the rulers the way that they have and they guide and lead the country in a certain way. And that's just how it is. So these are the rules. This is what we're going to do as a United Nations and this is what we believe in. If you want to get in and come in and stay, follow these rules. But mm-hmm. if you don't, leave. Um, so I kind of feel like, that keeps me grounded because mm-hmm. not that I ever was going to come here to do anything that's like, you know, yes. under the radar. But I just think I've <laughs> met too many people who um, as sadly, you know, something, whether it's their luck or something, something's not worked out. They've been connected to the wrong people, job situations, and it can quickly change. Mm-hmm. So I just think uh, being back in the UK, we've got a different social security system, different housing system. There's, there's safety nets that you know, I think whether you are at the top of the scale or the bottom of the scale or somewhere in the middle, um, there's a safety net. I think I've got family back home, so that is mm-hmm. also my safety net. But being here, um, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So that, that also keeps me humble.
0: That's definitely the truth. Um, someone, again, I was just speaking to yesterday, we were talking about crime in America and hardly no crime here Mm. and just like as you were saying like the rules and why there isn't a bunch of crime and he says because you don't follow the rule you gotta go (laughs) whereas like I don't want to say but I'm I'm sure you probably heard too many rights Americans Mm. are too free
2: yeah at times
0: and it's like I love my rights you know
2: I wouldn't say too many rights. I, I've heard of the different sayings, but I just think, um, you know, I think Western countries often feel like they're the top of the hierarchy in terms of how countries should be run and led. And every country does things their way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so whether it's a prime minister, or a president or a ruler, um, they've all got a, a, a vision that they're trying to fulfill. And I think sometimes there is this illusion with democracy that, you know, people do have a say and it's this and it's that and it's better than this country or that location or wherever. Um, I think you kind of have to go with the things that you believe in and it's not that my way is better than your way or vice versa, but I think if you're somewhere where you're not happy with how the leader is leading, then you have to make a change because Mm -hmm. that leader is going to be in office or ruling for however long. So you either like it or lump it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think here, the freedom that we're afforded to do certain things as expatriates Um, is amazing. You know, if I was going somewhere else and quite rightly, as they tell you, in the UK and I'm sure even in the US, they want to be labelling people immigrants Mm -hmm. and saying X, Y, Z. Yes. Oh, it's funny that the brown people are immigrants but, you know, everybody else falls under a different category of expats Mm -hmm. here. If you weren't born and raised here Mm -hmm. and obviously if you're not Emirati, you are an expat. Mm -hmm. There's there's not this looking down upon because you've got this or you've got that or whatever and I think... (laughs) A lot of Western society has that about them. So they might look at the UAE and be like, oh, you know, women can't do this yes. and blah, blah, blah. And it's yes. like, have you been here? Yes.
0: That is the biggest
2: like, misconception. You have this warped vision and mm-hmm. it's not that. You know, mm-hmm. can you wear this and can you do yes. that and blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes actually we yes. can.
0: I was actually a little nervous. Yesterday I had this cute little H&M dress. Like not, it was like ruffle um sleeves and I went to the mall I was like should I be wearing this it's Ramadan you know I, I want to be respectful but then when I got there I was like girl you are more dressed than most of these people you're fine
2: <laughs> you know it's gotten more relaxed recently I think because there was definitely I mean again I probably came here like 10 years ago uh, for the first time um and I had something, it wasn't sure or revealing or anything like that, but my shoulders were out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the security in the mall gave me like a little card that just said like, please dress with like a thing. Like, or something oh. about dressing appropriately. Wow. Which to be fair, when you're going into malls now, you will see like, you know, the no smoking, no PDA. You'll see their signs <sighs> on the thing. But it's not strict
1: mm-hmm. in the
2: sense that, someone's going to arrest you like mm. there's the drastic end of the spectrum that people, mm. oh you're going to get arrested for wearing this no um, I just think there's rules and guidance to follow mm-hmm. and as long as you're respectful and tasteful yes. then you know everyone's good yes. And and that's what I like because there is a guideline there mm-hmm. are some places that you go and there is no guideline and Sometimes the Brits go a bit wild when they're abroad <laughs> and, you know, just think it's it's their land. And you can't do that. If you go to another country, you've got to follow that country's cultural traditions.
0: Yes. Tradition. Yes. What was a couple months ago, there was a group of girls on a balcony here mm-hmm. and they were like half naked dancing. No way. Yeah. And they all got arrested. Okay, that that is like, extreme, so um, I can believe that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah you don't do that.
0: <laughs> um, and then the other night I went out at the club, which totally surprised me. The security guard stopped these two from making out. and I was like, really? but he definitely, yeah, definitely broke no up no
2: PDA. Like, do that behind closed doors. No P- when I say no PDA, they mean no PDA but like,
1: it's a club no no <laughs>
2: yeah yeah. and again yeah. to be honest I've never found a problem with it personally mm-hmm. I was in a relationship um, when I first got here mm-hmm. I'm not in a relationship now but um, again it's just their rule if they mm-hmm. say no PDA it's not God, I need to kiss you now like yeah. if you want to be with your partner and you're that desperate go home mm-hmm. kiss all up mm-hmm. and when you're done come on back out <laughs> because it's the rule it's yeah. the rule and if Okay, maybe you might want to do the cheeky thing and see if, you know, no one's watching or whatever. But if someone actually sees you and then respectfully says, please, you no. know, not in public, mm-hmm. then just follow the rules.
0: And see, that that's, <laughs> that is is my only fear with doing a tour. And I love my people. One one of my favorite things for people, because I, I shouldn't say people are things, are black people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I know us... And I'm like, okay, guys, you know, hear the rules. Please don't come with your U.S. mind frame. Like, you can do what you want to do because you're your own person.
2: No, 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 no. They'll get you together real quick.
0: Real quick. Real quick. Because I could not believe how fast that security guard, like, ran up the stairs. And like... Pushing their faces apart, like well, the don't thing is, do that. they're doing
2: their job because if mm-hmm. they don't stop it and think, "Oh, whatever," then someone else is going to come and tell them, and their job is on the line. Sure, and and I have to remember that actually sometimes because there's things that I'm like, "Oh, it's not that deep, it's not, you know, chill," mm-hmm. but it's not my job that's on the line, mm-hmm. you know. So in that respect, I think about. Um, just the context in which it's in, mm-hmm. especially if you are the one in the wrong. If it's just a thing of, oh no, it's misinterpreted, you explain, you're respectful, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if the security guard's just doing their job, but, do you know what I mean? Because then they're going to get in trouble true. because you didn't want to obey. That's true. That's true. And you're
0: trying to <laughs> hack. Just a good time. Yeah. But um, that's actually going to roll us into um, our last question. For those people who are looking to, well, I guess it's going to be another twofold. People who are looking to move out here Mm -hmm. and people who are looking to visit here.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: you may have different answers. What advice can you give to those people?
2: Um, If you're looking to travel out here, I would say in any respect, I would say um, forget The perceptions that maybe the media has shown you, um, it's very easy to fall for the pretty blue pictures on Instagram or Pinterest. And, you know, you can see pretty pictures of any city, to be honest, if you Google. Um, I would just say come with no expectations. Mm. Um, If you're moving here, whatever you think you have to save, triple it.
0: (laughs) 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 On a serious
2: note triple it um you know when you get here you have to think about housing slash accommodation depending on you know which route you tend to go down um but short-term accommodation is is more expensive Mm -hmm. than obviously long-term the longer you do the cheaper it will be um but when you come you can't just jump straight into that um you kind of need to have a residency with a visa with a bank account with a checkbook Mm -hmm. you know checks are still a thing here so um there's kind of a process um which I kind of knew a little bit about, but I didn't, it, there wasn't the elaborate detail. So there was a lot of learning on the way when myself and my cousin got here. Because we were like, oh, I wish we knew that before. We might have saved more, we might have done it differently and mm-hmm. so forth. But we did have a good um, basis of what we would need before we came here. And actually my cousin um, had a daughter and at the time a partner. So we knew that we were preparing coming just the two of us now but they were also going to join later so Mm -hmm. we always had the intention to do this short term but long term is the bigger house villa apartment that we're all going to live in as a community so um i would just say you know don't (laughs) i wouldn't say don't do what i do but don't do what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do what I say, but not no, what I do. do. <laughs> you know, your parents tell you, do what I say, and not yeah. what I do. Um, but no, on a serious note, I think the way I did it as an entrepreneur and freelancer is definitely the more expensive route if you're just starting out. Um, obviously, if you're more established and you can make that move and have that jump, you've got backing or stability behind you. But um, at the time, you know, I've just thought I don't have kids I don't have a partner mm-hmm. and I have this dream so I can do it and build. But mm-hmm. it was it was definitely um, something that was harder to do because obviously you had to get here and then get a visa. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a job handing me a visa with a contract and saying, here's your accommodation and yes. here's your keys, which... Easy teachers and as you know you know if you come with a job as an attorney and stuff like that literally they relocate you from mm-hmm. door to door you know yeah. so that's a much smoother process um even if you have associated costs a lot of employment comes with costs that will be reimbursed to you later mm-hmm. um and just i would say just do what you love doing don't come here and think that this is going to be the the secret to happiness or something like that like come knowing that you're gonna do what you love doing and then build on that um if you're coming to travel i mean there's so much that you could do here um whether it's the luxury side whether it's the cultural and traditional side whether you want to go to the desert and the burj al arab and the beach and everything in between
3: mm-hmm.
2: um there's a lot to see here and mm-hmm. it's always evolving so um make an itinerary before you get here yes. Um, I don't usually do that on any holidays. I'm like, oh, we'll get there and then just figure it out and go to the beach and use the lobby and Mm -hmm. the pool Mm -hmm. and whatever. But have a look around, make a list, price up the stuff you want to do, or Mm -hmm. just generally just know, okay, today we're going to Abu Dhabi Mm -hmm. and we're going to spend the day in Abu Dhabi Mm -hmm. and we're going to go to the Grand Mosque. We're going to experience the luxury and the beauty in the Grand Mosque. And then we're going to go back to Dubai and we're going to do the Burj Al Arab and Mm -hmm. then we're going to hit the beach and then we're going to hit dinner. Like, kind of have that. Otherwise, you'll get here and... It's
0: done. <laughs> Girl, that is another word. It's done. Because I made an itinerary. Like you said, I never make itineraries, but I knew how much stuff there is to do here, how much I wanted to see. And I'm so disappointed in myself because I wanted to see the Museum of the Future Yeah, all booked up. I wanted to take my little self on a nice dinner Um, at the Burj Khalifa. And I'm thinking, oh, it's just myself. One person, no problem. Girl, no. Couldn't um, get reservations. So I would definitely say, like, make an itinerary. Yeah, I agree with you. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So, Miss Kai aka black girl in Dubai where can the connectors find you and connect with you
2: um please reach out if you've got any questions uh, whether you are traveling here just for holiday doing family or a girls trip or a guys trip or a bachelor trip um, or maybe you want to move um, you know reach out uh, my personal pages at I am simply Kai on Instagram, um, but for all things Black and African and authentic culture, if you enjoy the culture, if you're part of the culture, you want to see what the culture is all about, um, then you can find that um, Instagram at Black Girl in Dubai, um, which is a community hub and directory of over a hundred different Black businesses here in the UAE. So from coffee shops to restaurants to hair salons to barbershops shops to personal trainers we have them. So um so get in touch and if you generally are serious and you want to relocate or even just ask some questions you could book a consultation and yeah have some of those questions answered. So yeah,
1: okay, okay. Black Girl
2: in dubai.com actually. So Instagram blackgullandubai in and Black Girl in dubai.com Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And connectors, you know where to connect with me. On my website, AmpsConnected.com, or on Instagram, at AmpsConnected. Until next time, connectors, stay connected. Thank you.